Hi, I'm Scott Hansman. It's another episode of Azure Friday. We're here with Josh Kaplan and we're talking about analysis services. Some big stuff happened since the last time I saw you. Yeah, we've uh, taken the product GA now mm -hmm. and we're doing a lot of work to try to make the product a lot easier for people to adopt and take all their Azure data and model it and give it out to their users. Mm -hmm. How do people do this before the cloud? Uh, so we've been around, we've been part of SQL Server for many, many years, uh, over a decade, um, coming up on two. And uh, it was a very kind of client product, you'd download a bunch of stuff, you'd install it, then you could go and kind of learn it and, and start building out your models and deploy them to your servers. Now that's all in Azure, it's a bit more modern. A mm -hmm. um, few seconds you get your servers, you can start building stuff within minutes and, and see something working. Did you need a lot of hardware before and now like, that's all not necessary? Yeah. yeah, I mean depending on the size of your data, you could, um, everything is pretty much in memory, so you need really beefy machines, you had a lot of data, and uh, you know, they're not the most easy thing to procure and set up. Um, now it's just a few clicks you can get going. So it's really analysis services as a service. Yep, fully uh, managed PaaS service. As and then Azure. bring it up, do it, shut it down, whatever I want to do. Yep. Very cool. What do you got for me? Well, so what you're looking at here is actually a report that's built in Power BI. Mm -hmm. Power BI is one of the, the many clients that work with analysis services, one of the, the very good ones. Um, and this is actually showing web telemetry from a, from a web application. Um, over a billion rows of data in this database here. And what it's showing you is the number of requests over, that have come I'm sorry, in. Over a what? Over a billion, over a billion rows. Of Seriously? Data. Yep. You're not. You're not sounding like nope. a demo database, not Northwind. Nope. This is actually real, a real web application. Okay. Wow. Sorry. Not allowed to use the name anymore, but it is. It a is billion. a real web application. That's awesome. Um, and it's showing all the different requests that have come in. Mm -hmm. And I can, you know, I can click on things and I can filter down for a certain time range and all the other visuals in here. We'll go ahead and update. And I'll see the request for that time range. I can drill into that time range. And if you've been doing web analytics before for your own websites, um, you may have seen applications like this before. But kind of the interesting, about, uh, interesting thing about this report here is this was not built by a developer. This is actually built by just a regular business user, someone who's not technical, someone who's not writing code. The database that's behind the scenes here is not optimized specifically for this data. Um, there's not you know, stored procedures that are going around here that are making sure that every visual updates within seconds. Mm -hmm. This is a, a model that was built on analysis services. All the data, this data originally came into a data lake, it was in petabytes in size, it was kind of filtered down a bit and aggregated, put into a SQL DW. Mm -hmm. And then we built this model in analysis services and we've cached all that data in memory. So every little click, every little interaction um, is extremely fast. Because it's so fast and because we have the model on there, it makes it really easy to use. Anyone can come in and when you open up Power BI and you connect it to that model, this is the first thing you'll see. So you'll see all the, the tables that the modeler wanted you to see. Mm -hmm. And I can come in here and do things like, let's take the number, or let's take the, um, the average response time. Mm -hmm. Throw it on here. Is that that second one from the top? What's that? I see response time, response underscore time, and then I yep. see average response time. Oh, that's even better. Let's take average response time. See, it's so quick I can actually make, make a mistake and that's really, I mean, that's really interesting. You don't have to go and do it and then build and then wait and then nope. go to launch. It's, you, we call it exploring the data. So you're actually going through and looking at the data as you're building out your report. Mm -hmm. So we took, put our average response time on there. Let's look at it by the different operating systems, just like the other report had. Mm -hmm. Throw our OS name on there. And boom. And how, these did are, it, how did it know? When you, like, you just clicked that and it updated. It didn't make a new chart. It related right. them to each other. Because I'm on top of that other one, and it knows these are two different tables. Mm. And it knows that they're joined together and how they're joined together because the model actually defined that when they built the model. And we'll show mm -hmm. you how to build a model in a moment. Um, 
But that extra metadata in there is kind of what lowers the bar of entry for someone to come in here and not having to be technical. They can just drag and drop and bring things in. Um, you can do this here, you can do this in Excel, you can do it in other tools as well. Um, and it's, it's just really easy to go out and build the reports you want. And since it's all in memory, you can grab fields from anywhere and just start dragging them in. Uh, any different kind of combination. Let me just do a couple more. Let's look at the, uh, let's look at the number of GET requests. And we'll look at it by uh, the different time, the request time. And time is a hierarchy, so it can automatically start drilling through it, like you saw me do in the other visual. Mm -hmm. And it knows, uh, it's a it's, it knows that it's the time you know moves forward, so yep. it's gone and. And knows kind of how to sort it. You know, it's not going to sort it like a string. Sure. Um, and while we're on just knowing what, about what the fields are, let's put latitude and longitude on there, and you can see immediately I get a map because it knows based on the metadata of latitude and longitude. Um, is it is it because those are of a of a geographic type or because yep. they're named latitude and longitude? Both. So if you don't if you didn't bother to tag the type in the model, yeah. uh, certain tools like Power BI will try to guess based off the name. But you can name these whatever you want as long as you tag them as latitude and longitude in the model. Um, Power BI will know what to do with that. Wow. So you know, a few seconds there we did, but we started building out the same report here. Obviously, I spent a little bit more time formatting it here. Mm -hmm. But it kind of proves the point that anyone can kind of come in, just start dragging fields. Now, this is a pretty simple model. It's only got a few tables in it. But just to show an example of what you can do here, this is the model that was built by the Skype team at Microsoft. So this is actually analyzing all the Skype call data, quality of calls, number of calls, where they're coming from. And you can see they spent a lot of time kind of organizing this so someone can come in and find what they need. They have different folders here with like, different metrics. You can see. Some of these are pretty advanced metrics. So what is the difference? I see like a little calculator. So those mm -hmm. are different than the ones that don't have a little calculator? Yeah, so these are predefined metrics. So mm -hmm. if I flip over to the designer view, you'll see a list of all the metrics they've kind of defined in here. You're in the browser now. This is in the browser. Um, so if I look at audio poor quality due to degradation count, you know, they have a formula in here that defines what that measure means. Now, if I was a user and I was starting from scratch, let's say I was going to the data warehouse or I was going to Data Lake to get the data, mm -hmm. I'd have to know how to pull this data, what filters to apply. Um, and, but because we had a model here, the model went in and actually predefined this for me. So I come in and grab it. If you go in and you, you grab the same metric, you'll get the same number. We'll go to the same meeting together and we'll present the same numbers. Um, you can kind of get this sing single version of the truth mm -hmm. because it's been defined once and everyone can kind of reuse it. So let's actually take a look at how to go ahead and build your own model. Mm -hmm. And this is a fully managed PaaS service. Uh, I can come in and Azure Analysis Services is under the Data and Analytics tab. And you'll see us here. And you just name your server, pick your subscription, pick your uh, resource group, and location. So we're in a lot of different data centers all around the world now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, a lot of times when we were still a server product, which we are still a server product, when we were only a server product, um, people would basically Oh, try to lease space in data centers or open data centers in different parts of the world so they can actually co-locate their data with their users. Right. And you no longer have to do that because Azure is all over the place. Um, so you can pick from a whole list of different data centers and try to get the data close to your users if that's what you need. So you would want to put this near wherever your existing databases that have the data are? 
Um, well, near the where your users are consuming it from. Where they're consuming it. Um, if you're using, let's say, Power BI or even Excel, they like to. You can put. It's so easy to put visuals on those reports that people put a lot of them on there, mm. and they can be very chatty. The queries themselves run in you know fractions of a second. Sometimes they run faster than the actual network call takes to make. Gotcha. So the closer you are, the faster sometimes they, they run. Okay. A um, little less of an issue than it used to be because. You know, things have just gotten a lot faster overall. Sure, but if you, want to think about, a lot better. if you want to think about ingress and egress and how yep. much you're paying for things, you'll pay for bandwidth between data centers. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So let's take South Central US. Pick for the different pricing tiers. If you're just getting started, this D1 SKU, um, it gives you all the features. Smaller amount of memory, but it lets you get started with uh, trying out all the features and you can fit your data in there. Mm -hmm. um, goes all the way up, so the D1 SKU starts at about three gigs of cache. Mm -hmm. Um, and we get roughly five, sometimes up to ten times compression when you actually put it into this column store index and nice. put it in memory. You can go up to 400 gigs now is our largest size. Oh, wow. Okay, but for someone who's maybe watching this who wants to try it out at work and doesn't want their boss to notice the cost, yep. start, start out with, with a D1, D1 and move it up later. Gives you all the features um, and it'll, it'll uh, let you try everything out. Then you can actually scale up. So the nice thing here is you know, when you used to buy a server, you had to buy the right server. You had to predict what you're going to use, how many users are going to use it at one time, how big your data is going to get. Right. You make a mistake here in either direction. You, you pick too much, you pick too little. You just, a couple clicks, change the yeah, size. And, and that really can't be overemphasized. Yes. You know, I mean, the idea that, uh, if, that in the past we had to buy machines, provision machines, and if you make a mistake about how much memory you needed or how yeah. fast the hard drives were or whatever, you're in trouble. With this, start over. With this, a few seconds. And everything I did here uh, can also be automated, obviously, through ARM, through PowerShell. Mm -hmm. um, couldn't do that before with a physical machine. You commented that analysis services is a server skew, and people out there have analysis services running internally. Is this going to feel familiar to people who are already analysis services heads? Absolutely. We spent a lot of time to make sure we, we took the same API service and made it available uh, in the cloud. So everything from SQL Profiler to Management Studio to all the same tools you used before still continue to work. Seriously? Just yep. point them here and it just works? Point them here. Update the drivers is the only caveat. Mm -hmm. If you're using an older version of the drivers, um, make sure you're on 14 or above mm -hmm. and everything will just work. So we have our server, much quicker than it used to be when we were you know, having to rack a server before and install Windows. Of course. Um, so we released this new preview of our web designer that actually lets you get started in the web now. So once you have your server, you can actually click open here on the web designer. And it will go and it'll pop up our new, our new page. The, um, so if you have data in Azure already, you can go and say, I want to add a new model. And if it's in an Azure SQL database or a mm -hmm. data warehouse, or if you've actually been using Power BI and you have a Power BI desktop file, you can easily go and connect that up here. So let's create a properly spelled Channel 9 model. Uh, and we'll take it from a SQL Azure database. And it's going to list out to me all the databases I have in my subscription. Start with that one. I'll put in my connection information. And the list of databases are automatically populated. I'll take the first one there, say next. And it'll give me the list of tables that are in that database. And I can pick which ones I want to include in my model. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go down the list. As I'm doing this, I realize a feature request for a, for a select, select all. all. <laughs> be pretty nice. Uh, go ahead and say create. So what it's going to do is going to look at the metadata that's in the database and it's going to create our first model for us. Mm -hmm. uh, immediately that model will work. I can connect to it. I can use it in places. 
Um, but then I can also start to modify it and enhance it and put in more metadata if I like. So we have a model done. Um, so I can connect and take things like, let's take a, a country region, let's take city, and let's take, uh, we have a sales table here, let's take the order quantity and throw that on there. And I can just say run. And what it's going to do is it's going to automatically go and run that query, bring back the results. Can you juxtapose how you would use this web designer and what the purpose of this is versus mm -hmm. what Power BI is and how the, those things fit together? This is your debugger. Mm -hmm. So think of this like your SSMS where you used to go and you'd run mm -hmm. queries, you'd try it out, things might run slow, you look at a kind of a query plan and you go and you, you fix up the model, you fix up the cache here in this case to make it run I faster. Um, now when you want to start visualizing your data, you have the options to open this up in Power BI or open it up in nice. uh, Excel. Um, let's actually open it. So in Power when BI. we talked before about all those nice things that we saw in Power BI, yeah. someone who created them created them in here and then made them available to the Power BI. Right. People. So this is where you get started, build that model out, and then you're building this model for lots of other people to use. Mm -hmm. um, so when when they're ready to use it, they come in with Power BI or they come in with Excel and they go and they just connect and they'll get the same experience in here, but they get now the full visuals. Um, and everything. And now we're back where we were yep. at the beginning. Now the uh, table names aren't the friendliest. We only have just a minute left here. Okay. Let's just show one last thing. Since we only have a minute, I'll quickly remove all the uh, schema names from our table here. I can flip it over into edit mode. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually have the uh, Visual Studio Online Editor in here. So we see the definition of our model. Nice. I can come in here. I can highlight sales LT. Right click it, I'll say change all occurrences, take it out, boom. And now on every table, I've just removed sales LT. I'll do one more thing. If I want to hide some columns, you can say is hidden. We have full IntelliSense in here. Wow. And I see that read from GitHub and commit to GitHub there too. Yep, you can go and, and commit these to GitHub and uh, work on team development there. Missed a comma right there. Well, that should tell me that, shouldn't it, in a second? You'll probably know in a second. Yeah. So you can um, collaborate over these models, you can publish the models, you can push them around into Excel, mm -hmm. into uh, existing editors, you can put them into uh, Power BI. All of this will feel very, there you go. There you go, missing Feel code. very familiar to people who are uh, big into uh, analysis mm -hmm. services. Yep, and if you are an analysis services user and you're used to Visual Studio, you can actually say open this in Visual Studio, we'll generate the whole project for you and you can start from there doing more, more advanced editing. Very cool. So then people who are watching this uh, can do this now. Yep, you can do this now. Uh, get started, take your data, start building out your models, and then start giving that to your users. Very cool. We're learning all about uh, analysis services in the cloud here on Azure Friday.